Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Monday, March 15th. Today, I'm going to take your questions and encourage you a little bit from the Word of God. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I know a whole bunch of you are listening to this today going, how come it didn't air when it normally does? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it didn't air because something happened on the server end and the entire podcast that I had already recorded for you guys got deleted. And so here I am on Monday morning recording another Monday podcast for you, only this time you're getting it with my allergy voice because the trees are blooming. The trees in the Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington area are in bloom around here, you guys. The daffodils are up. The crocuses are blooming. And hope springs eternal in Heidi St. John. I love springtime. Hey, you guys, guess what? Tonight, right here at the Homeschool Resource Center, if you're anywhere in the area coming out, it is our campaign kickoff. You guys are going to love it. We are going to fire you up. You're going to get excited about what's coming. I am optimistic about the future of this country because I am starting to see patriots and people who love this country, who love its founding, who love and support the Constitution and the rule of law begin to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And tonight is our opportunity to do that collectively. So if you are interested in getting involved in what we're doing and you want to help me get a seat to represent you in the United States House of Representatives coming out tonight. Also, you don't have to be in the area to support me. We need financial support. And you you can find out how you can do that by going to Heidi St. John for Congress.com. All right, today is Monday, and Monday is Mailbox Monday. And so today is the day I answer your questions, which is exactly what I'm going to spend the next several minutes doing. If you have a question you would like to have addressed at the podcast, as always, you can leave a message for me at anchor.fm. And you guys know how to do that. Anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. You can do that there. Or you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday and you can leave a question for me. As always, please keep them short and sweet and to the point. All right, first question comes from a sweet mom in the Bay Area. Her name is Shannon. Shannon, I'm going to play your question and then I'll answer it. Hi, my name is Shannon. Ignore the kids screaming in the background if you hear them. I have just um, kind of some advice that I'm looking for. I live in the Bay Area, just uh, slightly south of San Francisco, and it seems to be pretty hopeless here. Um, I've tried to find, you know, my tribe And I find some people here and there who feel similarly to I do, but I feel like everyone's just drank the same Kool-Aid and I can't seem to figure out why. You can't go to a park without dirty looks, wearing masks. You can't, um, I can't walk to the store without a mask on, without getting dirty looks, even before going in the building. And I'm just trying, even just today, there's um, moms and kids walking down their street. They've started a new thing where they're walking down the street with their seven-year-olds screaming about uh, climate change. I'm just wondering if you have some advice for how to really find a tribe in an area so crazy as this. 
So this actually broke my heart, uh, Shannon, listening to you saying that you felt hopeless in the Bay Area because of the mask insanity. You guys have heard me talk about this for a long time. I do not believe that that this is working. I think it is shameful how the government has handled the pandemic. I think it is shameful what they've done to relationships, what they have done to children in particular and to the elderly. And we are seeing massive massive issues now stemming from this mismanagement and this unwise approach to a pandemic. And one of the the unintended, I think, consequences of this is that our relationships have been injured. We've seen relationships in families injured. We have seen them injured in our relationships in churches and in homeschool co-ops. And it sounds like in your area, you've got the, the climate change crazy people. You need a tribe. You really do need a tribe. When you said it, I'm, I'm right there with you. And so, Shannon, the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do, and I never do this, but check back with me because if anyone is listening to this and you are in the Bay Area and you can invite Shannon into your tribe and give her much needed, the friendship and the community that we were really created for, please reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Just go ahead and write in Shannon and put your contact information there. And then when Shannon reaches back out to me, I'm going to hook her up with you. This might be a huge failure on my part. We're going to see. (laughs) I may never do this again because I'm not really sure what kind of a response we're going to get. If it it overwhelms me, then I'm going to be actually excited because I believe and my heart is breaking for the dozens and dozens and dozens of you who have contacted me and said that either you have no family or grandparents are languishing in nursing homes, or your children are devastated because they don't have community in school or even in homeschool cooperatives. And it's wrong. And we need to be encouraging each other. So Shannon, hang in there. I'm praying for you today. And I agree, you do need to find a tribe. This is what we were created for. We are created for relationships. So if you live in the Bay Area and you can hook Shannon up with a community that's going to love her and invite her to participate as human beings were meant to do, please reach out to me and I will put you in touch with Shannon. Next question comes from a sweetheart named Madeline. She is one of my favorite listeners because I love it when I hear from children over here at the podcast. So Madeline, I'm going to play your question and then I'll answer it. Hi, Miss Heidi. We listen to your podcast and my daughter has a question for you. Hi, I am Madeline. I am nine years old and they want to take my temperature at co-op, and I don't want to. It's weird and confusing, and I'm not sick. What should I do? So our question is, is this an area that we should compromise on and allow them to do temperature checks? Or if they decide to ask us to leave co-op because they require that, um, is that unfortunately just one of those things that we have to kind of suck it up and that's that put our foot down on or should we go ahead and compromise our beliefs on it um this is our beloved homeschool co-op so it would be sad to leave but we're just uncertain as to the correct answer here all right so you guys know me if they're going to, you know, if the homeschool co-op makes me take my temperature, I'm not doing it. I I had to laugh, you know, months and months ago when all this stuff started because of, of menopause and all kinds of different things. You know, women my age in particular 
can have hot flashes. We can have all manner of things that happen. And I'm, I also know that you can take a Tylenol and you can mask a fever. And so this idea that somehow now we have to intrude into the personal medical lives of every person that comes into our homeschool cooperatives or into our churches is offensive to me on a hundred different levels. And so Madeline, if I was your mama, I'd be saying, you know what, until this whole thing settles down, we're going to do a co-op at our house and then just invite people into your home and build your own community. You're having a similar problem to Shannon. Also, I think there's something to be said for compromise. Now, some of you guys are going to be bummed, but work with me here. I am speaking starting this coming weekend at uh, events all across the country. Many of them are being held at convention centers and being hosted in hotels, that kind of thing. And the hotels have, have policies in place that say, you know, you can't come into our property unless you you mask up. I don't think the mask is helping. I've been saying it since this whole thing started. I actually think that what I'm saying is going to bear out to be true. So give it a couple of years, you guys. We're going to look back on this and go, wow, we mishandled that. But in the meantime, this is where we are. And so, uh, again, you know, and this is true for you, Madeline, and for your mama, you guys need to decide what you want more, what's more important to you. Now, if it was me in a homeschool cooperative, I would just start my own in my own house and I wouldn't do it. However, if it's something that you need to attend, like something that happens once a year, like say a homeschool conference or a women's retreat or something like that, again, I think there has to be compromise. You guys, the homeschool community in particular, state organizations, this is how they fund their organizations. These guys are hanging on by a thread because of the Rona. And so I'm going, I'm getting on an airplane and putting on a mask. Do I like it? No, but I'm willing to compromise because I see the bigger picture and the bigger picture is I need to get from Portland, Oregon to Nashville, right? So I'm willing to put a mask on. I'm not going to throw a fit on an airplane. I'm not going to break their rules. I might not like them and I might think it's foolish, but we're in a position right now where it's either one or the other. I either cancel my speaking season or I bend to some of these tyrannical mandates. I don't like it, but what I also don't want to see is my friends go bankrupt right? And so uh, we need to decide what's more important at this point. And I think there is room here for compromise. There's room for personal conviction. And I'm going to encourage you guys to support the people who are out there trying to get these conferences up and get their businesses up off the ground again. Never been more important than it is right now. So really take it before the Lord. But Madeline, I hear your heartache, sweet girl. And uh, it makes me sad. And I, you know, I said the other day, imagine if you're three years old, it's been a year now and you don't even know what it's like to see people in the grocery store without masks. I mean, it just, wow, it, the whole thing. So uh, you guys, we've got big decisions to make, but I'm going to encourage you bring it before the Lord. Think about what's most important to you and then do that. And we need one thing for sure is we need to stop fighting about this. All right. So I can have my opinion. You can have your opinion, but these are not deal breakers in relationships, or at least they should not be. And they're not going to be deal breakers in relationships for me. So there are some people in my extended family who are continuing to be afraid. They're living in absolute abject fear. And I love them. And I'm going to continue to love them. We need to decide what's important to us and then live accordingly. All right. So this is the Apostle Paul. And as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Right now, I think for some of us, that means that we put a mask on our face, even though we hate it and we think it doesn't work. All right. Next question comes from Marnie in Minnesota. Hi, Heidi. My name is Marnie. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. I'm a homeschooling mama to three little girls in Edina, Minnesota. And my question to you is homeschool resource centers. How do I start one? I want to open one up in my area. What tips, advice, know-how do I need to get that started. Thank you, Heidi. So Marnie, this is a great question. We are getting 
calls every single week here at the Homeschool Resource Center from people who want to start their own centers. We had awesome weekend a couple of months ago where people fly out from all over the country who are interested in starting their own. Basically, we're trying to gauge interest. What we are doing here at Firmly Planted as a nonprofit organization is we are branching out and looking for funding so that we can help other people get these homeschool resource centers up off the ground. So if you're listening to this right now and you have access to a building at little to no cost, you're ahead of 99.9% of the people that are listening to this. The building is the barrier if you want to start a full-time homeschool resource center. We were blessed after years of prayer that a local area businessman donated a building to us, and we're seeing the Lord do amazing things. The building is the barrier. And so I'm going to encourage you, if this is on your heart, we are working right now, and we're almost done with it, with a manual to help you guys get these up off the ground. We know how to make them work. We know that if they can be started in your community, it will absolutely change the face of education. That's one thing we're learning in the Rona, right? The public schools are making themselves, what are they making themselves? Non-essential. And we're going to see more and more of this as parents start to find alternative ways to educate their children. The Homeschool Resource Center is a great way to do that. So if you're interested in starting your own, hang in there. I'm going to tell you to start with prayer. That's the most important thing that you can do. And then ask the Lord to give you wisdom as you move forward so that you're put in touch with the right people, with the right resources. God can do it, you guys. The Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I'm going to encourage you to pray with confidence and boldness that if this is on your heart to do, God will help you do it. And we are going to come alongside and help you also. So stay in there with us, you guys. We're working on it. If you're interested in helping us, the nonprofit needs more people to come on board. If you're a grant writer and you're listening to this, we could use your help. There are a lot of areas that we need help with here at the center. And because our attendance here has tripled in the past year, we are working very hard just to keep up with what we're doing here locally in the Portland, Vancouver area. So I know that you guys are excited about this. We're excited to help you. Hang in there. Good things are coming. All right, you guys, the next questions I'm going to address today are written in by listeners to the podcast, and I appreciate that so much. The first one comes from Hope in Portland. Hope writes, Heidi, a pastor in Portland recently posted on Instagram a, quote, Bible study challenge that has been bugging me. His explanation was, quote, Christian nationalism isn't Christian or representative of true democracy. It's heresy, plain and simple. The church is a global witness of the kingdom of God made up of every ethnic tribe and tongue whose allegiance is to Christ alone, whose mission is the great commandment, the new commandment and the great commission. Nothing short of this will withstand his judgment. I feel like he's using this to support Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter Incorporated and leftist policies. What's your response? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, Hope, I'm pretty sure you nailed it on the head. So you're watching woke Christians now from all over the country speak out against what they're calling white nationalism or Christian nationalism. And I'm here to tell you right now that for the vast majority of people who love this country, that the the woke 
progressive church right now are accusing of being nationalists, Christian nationalists, is garbage. All right, we're not confused about what the gospel is and what the mission of the gospel is, but these are the same pastors that would tell you, yes, we're absolutely against abortion, and in the same breath tell you that their church is not political. There's no such thing as an apolitical church because the gospel and the Bible itself and the principles by which we are taught to stake our lives on and to walk in are not neutral. I'm going to say that again. They're not neutral. They're not neutral in any way, shape, or form. And so this idea of Christian nationalism, they're basically trying to make it sound like people that are conservatives or people who support supported President Trump or who love this country are somehow in a cult. And that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous on a hundred different levels. And so when you hear these parents doing that, I just say, you know what? This is garbage. You know it's garbage. I know it's garbage. But they're using it because it's become a political ploy, right? And so I'm going to encourage you away from following pastors like this. There's been some confusion about Christian nationalism. You know, you're hearing it. They're throwing it around like the new woke hot potato, right? Because the language matters and these guys like to hijack the language. Mike Ferris wrote about this the other day and I thought it was awesome. He wrote, there's confusion about Christian nationalism. The left wants the public to believe that white evangelicals are all dangerous radicals ready to erupt at a moment's notice. And this is what you hear when you hear pastors talking about Christian nationalism and condemning it in the highest possible language, right? Well, they're wrong because there are very few extremists who fit their fears and the vast majority of evangelicals pose no such threat. Mike Ferris went on to say, the chief reason is that most of us understand that there's a difference between our nation and our government. Do I want America to be a Christian nation? Well, that depends entirely on how you define the term. I steadfastly oppose any effort to have Christianity declared the official religion of the United States. This would give government jurisdiction over the souls of men and at least some supervisory authority over churches. All of this is unthinkable to someone like me, someone who values religious freedom and who believes that religious freedom is for all, not just those who agree with my theology. But I would welcome a massive revival where every person in America accepted Christ as their Savior, or even if that revival resulted in a majority of people with a personal relationship with Jesus. I would also welcome a moral revival where our cultural norms were aligned with biblical values. It would perhaps be more accurate to describe either of these two forms of revival as producing a Christian culture rather than using the term a Christian nation. America has never been a Christian nation in the governmental sense in the way that England was a Christian nation in the 16 and 1700s. I am very glad of that. But I would celebrate a spiritual and moral revival that impacted a significant majority of our people. So do you guys see the difference? So. A Christian culture will not produce a tyrannical government because of our religious beliefs on the sinfulness of man and our view of the jurisdiction over the soul. Bill Jack was on my show several months ago talking about jurisdiction and what jurisdiction means. And as believers, we don't believe that the government has jurisdiction over any soul, right? So a Christian culture produces, because of that, a freedom-loving government. But a culture that rejects God produces tyranny. And the evidence is all around us for everyone to see. So freedom of speech is under serious assault from forces who are openly opposed to biblical morality. These are wannabe tyrants. Those who are not Christian have nothing to fear from a culture dominated by Christianity. Why? Because we believe in freedom for everyone. 
everyone is justifiably afraid of the woke wannabe tyrants who would treat anyone who disagrees with them as a heretic, including this pastor from Portland, deserving to be fired, silenced, and it may well come to this, taken to the bonfires of Smithfield. You guys should look that up. Mike ended his comments by saying, I hope we find our way before it's too late. And he's absolutely right. This idea that we're all a bunch of scary Christian nationalists is just another ploy from the left that the woke progressive church is pushing right now because it's politically expedient to do so. And it's shameful. And I run from churches like that. All right. Last question today. I'm going to try to do these as fast as I can. Carol from Monticello has a strong-willed teen. Mm, Moment of silence for you, Carol. She said, hey, Heidi, I recently heard you mention about nurturing and treasuring relationships, especially because you may get an opportunity to speak into that person's life. As a mom of a strong-willed young adult daughter living at home still, what's the balance between nurturing relationships and setting boundaries? For example, if she's entitled and rude and doing things I'm uncomfortable with in our home, do I just let that go for the sake of the relationship? All right, Carol, so the short answer is no. If I had an adult child living in my house who was doing rude things that made me feel uncomfortable, I'd be doing everything in my power to say, oh, look, looks like it's time for you to find an apartment, right? This is just common courtesy. We don't allow our young children to do that. We don't do that to our adult children. We just don't treat people that way, right? And so if you've got an adult child, an adult daughter living in your house who's entitled and rude and making you feel uncomfortable in your own home, it's probably time for your daughter to move out. I believe that, you know, parents move from this role of actively shepherding to really being a coach and a mentor to the lives of their adult children. And this really goes all the way through our lives, right? And in many cases, my adult kids now are encouraging and mentoring me. So like my daughter might hear me say something or she might wonder about something and she might come over to me and say, hey, mom, you said this. And I, you know, I disagree with you because of that. We have conversations like that all the time around the dinner table at my house. You know, when our kids are home and visiting. I think those conversations are important. But it sounds to me like you've got more than a strong-willed young adult daughter living at home. It sounds like you've got a rude and entitled daughter living at home. And if that's the case, she needs to be rude and entitled in her own apartment and not in your house. All right? Hang in there, mom. Be praying for that relationship. You want to love her, but you're nobody's doormat, right? And if, if she came to me and said that you were rude and entitled to her living in her house, I would say, move out, live in your own house, right? We want to be careful and treasure the relationships, but we are not called to be doormats, all right? Last question. I promise I'm trying to get through these today, you guys. Lots and lots of questions coming in about the vaccines. Are they safe? How do I handle disagreements over whether or not to get one? Can they be mandatory? All right. First of all, where there's a risk, there must be a choice. I am not an anti-vaxxer. I believe that there have been good things that have come out of vaccines. I am very concerned about the Rona vaccine. I'm concerned with the efficacy of it. I'm concerned with the fact that it was rammed through, right? You guys can get it if you want to, but I'm not going to be doing it. I'll take my chance with the virus with a 99.9% survival rate. Do I think it's a sin to get it? No. Do I think it's unwise? Yes. But that's my personal opinion. And when we live here in the country, we have the opportunity to get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. Vaccine should never be mandatory. Where there's a risk, there must be a choice. There must be a choice. And frankly, you guys, the jury's out. We don't know if it's safe or not. So you see all these knuckleheads on the news right now saying it's safe, it's safe. They don't know if it's safe. They're hoping that it's safe. I wish they would be honest about that. I wish they would say, hey, you guys, we're so excited. The new vaccine's out. We're hoping it's safe. It's still in the experimental phase. That would be telling the truth to the American people. 
because it is still in the experimental phase. The vaccine companies have zero liability. So if you find out, you know, a year from now that this thing has ruined your ability to have children, you know what? They're going to go, oh, sorry about that. I don't know if you read the box, but it was in the experimental phase. So I'm not saying don't get the vaccine or do get the vaccine. I'm saying think for yourself. The vaccine should not be mandatory. I know people who have gotten the vaccine and I love them to pieces. And we might disagree, but our relationships are still intact. Why? Because it's not a deal breaker for me. So when I say, how do you handle disagreements over whether or not to get one? When someone says, I'm going to get the vaccine, I say, oh, good. Let me know how it goes. And I'm genuinely curious. Now, it's a completely different discussion if someone says to me, you're going to be forced to get the vaccine. Now we're going to have words. All right. Where there's a risk, there should be a choice. And when you're talking about telling people to inject an experimental vaccine into their bodies and it's mandatory, now that makes me mad. Where there's a risk, there should be a choice. I don't know why we're afraid of having these conversations. Why are we afraid of it? Have you guys noticed that? We're not allowed to disagree. We're not allowed to have these conversations. We need to have the conversations. The conversations are important. The questions need to be asked. And I'm not willing to throw my common sense out of the window in the name of a pandemic. I'm not willing to do that. Now, am I mad at somebody because they are willing to? Of course not, right? But we handle disagreements graciously and we state our case and we, I'm sick of the cancel culture, right? How about we stop canceling each other and we start listening to each other? I think that's what needs to happen. So in terms of vaccine, you guys, I think you stop arguing over it. I think it's a losing argument, right? Because there are good people on both sides of the argument, but the questions are important and the conversation is important. Be careful that it doesn't ruin your relationships. It just isn't worth it. All right. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to celebrate, I think it is exactly, is it? I'm looking out my studio window. One year from uh, 15 days to flatten the curve. How's that working for you guys? <laughs> wow. Who knew that it would, a year later, we still be talking about this. So tomorrow I'm going to come back. We've got guests on the show all week. Really exciting things coming on. Um, Ginger Hubbard's going to be back. My friend Sarah Stone Street's coming on with me. And we've got a lot of important topics to cover. You guys, we appreciate it when you leave reviews for the podcast over at iTunes. And when you leave reviews for the books, anything that I've written, and the podcast especially, that really helps us. And as always, if you have not yet done it, if you can donate to my campaign for Congress, you guys, I have been doing this podcast for a long, long time. And we are hoping that those of you who are listening to this, if you're encouraged by what I'm doing and you're encouraged to see a voice like mine represent the people of the United States, particularly in Washington's third congressional district in the House of Representatives, we need your financial support now. It's never been more important and I'm hoping you guys will help us out. You can find out more at Heidi St. John for Congress. I hope I see a whole bunch of you tonight. Doors open at 6.30. The event starts at 7.30 at Firmly Planted Family in Vancouver, Washington. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.